Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Racing Insiders podcast. We're kind of turning the tables a little bit here today, and I have Wesley Outland in the studio, and he, of course, is the producer of this podcast, and I'm normally the host, but uh, we're turning the tables today, and Wesley has taken over as You gave the me the keys to the car, and oh I get to drive God. it, right? Oh, free reign. That's <laughs> such a scary thought. Race fans, it's Wesley Outland of Fox Sports. You're listening to Racing Insiders Podcast, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to tell the stories of the people behind the brands in motorsports, because everyone has a story. Here's your host, founder of CrateInsider.com, ecom coach, winning motorsports marketing, and marketing video guru, known as the girl who sells race car parts, Kate Dillon goodness but yeah go ahead wesley so again everybody this is another segment of racing insider podcast i am your uh i guess host for the day wesley outland of fox sports and, and racing insider along with uh crate and you know we're joined now with the uh the founder the the visionary the person behind that is crate what is now the podcast of racing insiders um Ecom coach, winning motorsports marketing with uh, another lady. We're going to be talking about Holly here very shortly. This is the life of the marketing video guru, successor entrepreneur of Kate Dillon from uh, Idaho to the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I want to know your story. How did it begin? Where in the world did you get your footprint of being involved in the motorsports market? Well, you know, a lot of times people ask me, how did, how did you become a girl who sells race car parts? And you're a very beautiful woman at that. Well, thank you very much. I so, like, that. you know, you would be like a trophy girl. And I understand uh, at one time you had visions and dreams of wanting to do that. I did. I, you know, when I was a little girl, um, I grew up in Iowa, actually, and my dad was a racer, and he raced dirt late models back in, back in those days. Okay. So I grew up at the racetrack, and, you know, like, my parents got married right back in, uh, in, like, 1970. My dad started racing it since 1971, and I was born in 72. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Y'all can do math. And, um, <laughs> but I grew up, uh, my, my family was originally from Minnesota and moved to Iowa. And the reason why is because they had more dirt tracks there. And my dad wanted to be a dirt track racer. Right. So we raced all over. And I asked over. you the question, have you ever been to Knoxville? And you're like, hell, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, there's so many I places. Probably, I don't know. I don't remember. My dad, my dad raced like five nights a week when wow. I was a kid in the summertime. And, you know, I grew up around the racetrack. I can literally sleep through anything at this point because. You know, I grew up, uh, well, back in those days, you had to be 16 to be in the stands. Right. So, you know, it was mom and us two kids. It was my brother Jimmy and I. And, and you know, if you're tired as a kid, you just fall asleep. We didn't have earphones and, and we didn't have iPads. But nothing did, like did that. Did you do that as a kid? Did you fall asleep in the right Hell yeah, I did. Oh, Absolutely. I, 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 I was wide awake. Man. That was like, <laughs> to me, that was like back then. That was better than like, you know, uh, I can't use I don't want to use a wrong analogy here, but like, you know, I was like, I could be tired as hell. And then all of a sudden hear the sounds of race cars and be like, let's do it. Well, you know, that's the spider monkey in me, I guess, Kate Dillon. So, well, you know, and that's that's the really interesting thing. And, and I'll get there in a moment. But, you know, where my journey took me. So from Iowa, then my parents got divorced and I lived in Denver for about seven or eight months. And then my mom and I, we moved back to Minnesota. I lived there. I graduated from high school there. Then I took on a travel job. I was literally a traveling salesman. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, like all those traveling salesman yes. jokes. Yeah, I was one of those. I did that for five years and I was a cold call sales rep, which means I walked in the door like, hi, my name is Kate and I came here to sell you something. You know, like that, that was my life for five years. So when you talk about fear. So did you really go... 
No, I, I would Twitter actually. Going, Hi. No, I actually walked into businesses. Okay. I, I really okay. only did deal with businesses because I mean, you, you go to homes. That's a whole level of sketchiness there. You know? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, wait, you're a pretty lady. Come oh, in. I know, but I've been, I've been on some. <laughs> man, I tell you what, I've been uh, like on some farms, and I would deal with farms. Yeah. I've been chased by dogs. I've, oh wow. I've definitely been insulted, and I mean, about anything you can think of that would be all of those negatives. I've, I've had those happening. So, yeah, a little bit scary. But from there, I moved back to North Carolina. My dad had moved to North Carolina. So then I'd moved down here and then I went to school. I worked in restaurants and I have a degree. You know what my degree is in? Did you know? Probably probably in cooking or something. Management. No, you know, actually interior design. Interior design. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep, well, you're so- kind of, you know, looking at the setting for those people that are tuned into the Race City Insiders, you know, podcast. We have to set the picture for you, radio with pictures. Uh, you have a very nice uh, festive, uh, what is the word? Uh, it's a, um, coordinated. a coordinated office establishment you have here. I do, here. I do. And she's literally turned her damn home into a, a studio at one time. I mean, I saw lights and cameras and background shots and everything. It's like, do you live here or do you work here? I do both. There's just a little place where we're bed. <laughs> so I, I call like, this my office home. Yeah, That's it. So. It's the office home. You know, the kitchen is literally the break room pretty much. Right. <laughs> Actually, furniture now, like a normal yeah, person. Yeah, you have. You've I upgraded. Do, do, we I could do. at least get the uh, the blow-up mattress there. So <laughs> it's like, uh, that's the hotel room. Oh, my God. That's it sounds so bad, Wesley. It sounds so bad. Well, all right. Can we just explain it? We back up for just a second here with the blow-up mattress. So, so yeah, Wesley is – he lives on the other side of the state. And I invited, yes. I invited Wesley to stay at my place. And it's a two-bedroom – I have a two-bedroom townhouse, but one of the bedrooms is an office. And so, so uh, the I, whole got house the, is an office with the, the exception whole, of the room. Yeah, exactly. Like, my bedroom. <laughs> so, we took – we converted the living room to the guest room right. for, for a couple days for Wesley. So yes. That saves on our budget. Of having hotel rooms and expenses, and I don't think there's any damn hotel rooms inside around here. So it's like, wow. Well, poor Wesley woke up yesterday and was like, "Um, "Hey, Kate, is there a Starbucks around here?" I was like, "Dude, you don't understand how small this town is in Rutherford's in North Carolina." There's one in the grocery store, but uh, across town, there's there's no standalone Starbucks here. So I was craving a, I was craving a double hot chocolate with with whipped cream. I'm not a big coffee person. Maybe once in a while, maybe a macchiato, a cappuccino, or something. But like, I love the the double hot chocolate with with whipped cream. I mean, yeah. Okay. So back to my story. So yeah, I lived in North Carolina for about 10 years and then I moved, I got a job and I got married out in Idaho and I worked in architecture for about seven years out there. And then in the meantime, my dad and my brother. So that's where the degree from interior design came in, right? Well, no, I got that from Appalachian. You know, I got that Appalachian State University here in North Carolina. App State. Yeah. I'm an App State graduate. There you go. Which explains a couple things. And so anyway, I moved to Idaho, worked in architecture and design. And then... um, from there, uh, my dad and my brother, so Dick Schultz and Jimmy Schultz, they, in the meantime, had done this trade show in Hickory, and they'd done a racing trade show. So I would fly in. Which was cars. Which was cars. Yes. Yep, the Carolina Auto Racing Show. Yes. And they were um, doing this this show in Hickory, and I they was would do it in January. Wow, yeah. it's time. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So I would fly in from Idaho just to help out with the trade show. I mean, I would just be like, kind of announce things and organize. And just, you was. You just, was, hello, everybody, and welcome to Cars. I know. You, you know, use, <laughs> use a voice for, for good. You did. And then we would like make that into like family Christmas, basically. And so I'd do that for a few years. But then what happened was that my dad and my brother, and, and then they had another partner, Clint Elkins, and they decided to 
moved the they really expand the trade show because they've really outgrown Hickory. Right. And they moved it to Charlotte, and you know the reintention was to be a much bigger show, almost like the the Southern PRI kind right. of kind of a thing. And so, I mean, trade show is a hard hard business, man. I have so much respect for that business now. I'll tell you what, but um, they they like knew PRI or Iris oh, or, or yeah, the RPM yeah. show. You right, have so right. much work that goes behind doing it. So much work. Um, and it's really the biggest thing is the buy in from. Everyone, you have to have the buy-in from the exhibitors, the buy-in from the the attendees, of course, the buy-in from the locale. It's just there's so many pieces to, to of that puzzle. But they knew it was so much bigger. They really needed a lot more help. And now, I mean, I have to I have to admit something here is that while I'm uh, take a look at, or, or back to pictures, we're showing you're her showing a picture me a picture from cars, from cars but that yeah. nobody can see that on the podcast. Well, I'm anyway, just, you know, yeah, reminiscing, so yeah. to speak. It's good. <laughs> So um so from there um they they talked to me and I saw this opportunity. I didn't I didn't know if it was going to work out or not, but what I discovered in the design world is that while it was my dream that I found out that I really, you know, I was a competent designer, but my superpower was marketing and project management. That's what I was good at. Okay. And actually it doesn't matter what job I'm in, I end up in marketing, I end up in, you know, like customer relations, that's where I end up and marketing. It's always marketing. And even though that's not what my degree is in, but I, I came back and so I decided to give up my life in Idaho, put my house, you know, rent out my house, put my stuff in storage and make the trip back to North Carolina and help out with this trade show. Now for any at that point then it kind of turned into a first year trade show. At the end of it, they decided not to continue with it. Right. And, you know, and I was just there to, to do, like, the project management and all of that. But but you mentioned the sound. So I have to tell you, um, I really – it wasn't that I had this passion for racing. It, it wasn't. I had been away from it for 15 or 20 years at that point. But then I went to Hendron Racing Engines with my brother, and my brother was putting his car on the chassis dyno. Who was Jimmy Shields yep, from yep. Dirt Rap. And the moment that car started up, it – was this sound. It was like the smell of grandma's apple pie. <laughs> it was this this sound of these this engine running. Right. And all of a sudden it was like it was honey I'm home. Right. It was it was in that Welcome moment. Welcome back. It was mo- that moment that I felt this sense of home. That That's right. I, like I did the only thing I can describe is grandma's apple pie. Yeah. So that reinvigorated this passion that I didn't even know I had. But it was this, like, I understood the culture. I grew up in it. So I could show up at a racetrack, and it wasn't foreign to me. And then it was it was interesting. So it was about a week before the show or something, and, and um, I was had made friends with all these different series directors. And all these series directors truthfully, like, hate each other, right? And so my brother looked can't at me. Can't we all just get along? No, they can't. But my brother <laughs> looks at me, and he's like, you know, Kate? He goes, you don't understand. Like these people hate each other, and you get along with all of them. Right. You should really do something with that. <laughs> and I was like, that, you know, oh, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I was just so focused on the show. And then I just had this like this shower moment. And I have these random crazy ideas when I'm in the shower. Oh yeah, that happens. A yeah, lot. I have these shower moments, and I had this idea. For- I kind of practice sometimes how I'm going to announce the postponement or cancellation of races standing in the shower with the water coming down over me and. 
you know, ladies and gentlemen. He was like, no, go ahead. There is no part of that that surprises me, Wesley. No part of that. But, um, but to finish on, so, so, so here I have this, this kind of crazy shower idea of Crate Insider, because these were all Crate Racing Series, is CrateInsider.com. I don't sing in the shower. I announce so in the So when I, when I sit in my office, at, when I was working on the trade show, this is, just, right. this is a week or so before the trade show, then um, I type it into GoDaddy to type in CrateInsider.com. Nobody owned it. So I have this thing. Like, if I think of a domain name, I just freaking buy it. <laughs> I just buy it. Because um, I think that there are bots that see what people have searched for. Right. And then they just snap them up and then try to sell it to you for a whole lot more money. <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh, my gosh. There was, I can't even remember what the domain was here recently. And I, I tried to look it up and they wanted to sell it for, to me for like a stupid number of m- amount of money. I can't even remember what it was. Uh, it might even be Racing Insiders. It, it, <laughs> it might have And it's, been, and it's like $50,000 or something. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So guess what? That's why this podcast is RacingInsidersPodcast.com. Yes. If you look up Raising Insiders, it's a whole lot of nothing. I yes. mean, it's whatever. There you go. Gonna, RacingInsidersPodcast.com, you know. yeah, the website. Exactly. And while you're doing that, check out also no, no, hey, Hold on. Let me just tell my story here. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, so so anyway, I didn't think another word about it or anything because I was focusing on the trade show, BotCrateInsider.com, and, and really didn't give it a thought. Well, then I was having a conversation actually with Mike Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines. Okay. And he said... You know, Kate. Um, you know, a few years ago, my my our dad, when he was still alive, he was like on all these forums, and I'd like message to, boards. Yeah, message boards, forums, whatever, yes. and that they really, you know, that that was something that really good. They were you know? booming. Yeah, and you know, he's like, that would be a good idea to do something like that. And I had this idea with the the whole Crate Insider thing. I was like, wow, all of these series, the rules, especially in dirt, like dirt light models. That's right. That's what I dealt with more than anything. Was their rules were so similar, but the idea was like the guy comes from Pennsylvania down to Georgia for a race on a Saturday night. There was no place for him to find out or look at schedules for going down on a Friday or coming back on a Sunday if there was anything else. Right. So my initial thought was, well, maybe I could put schedules together. Maybe have all the rules posted in one place. You know, maybe this would be a Crate Insider would be a catalyst for kind of having more unified rules right. of some kind. Yeah. Well, and then um, and then also talking to Steve Hendren, he's like, well, you know, you should have a store with that too. And I was like, well, that's a good idea. And so here I after the show put this together and decide that, um, you know, really thought I was going to make more money from advertising and just having content and information. I wanted to have tech articles and all of that. And then we launched it and launched the store and the store took over. So I still have advertisers and sponsors on the site, but really it's the store. That's really how Crate Insider makes its money. And we, um, well, then after that, then about a year in, I actually kept it a secret. I mean, it wasn't a secret. Like on the about page, there was my picture and it said, you know, Kate Dillon, here here I am. Right. And then had my whole panel of experts that I deal with because I've got to know from the trade show, got to know all of these other companies. And so I've worked closely with right. with like Willie Krupp from Willie's Carbs and Dinos and Jim Bernheisel from Bernheisel Race Cars. Um, you know, so many. David Maria Smith. Maria F.K. Rodden. Absolutely. Yeah. David Smith from David Smith Carburetors. I've yes. worked closely with Dynatech and Afco, Ben Baker there and um it was Greg Fusler was my rep, and now it's Nick Beckhart and Rex Merritt from, from AFCO. I mean, just all of these great guys that I can lean on and ask them questions. Terry Johnson from – it was Crane Cams, and it was bought by Comp, and so it's now part of Fast. Right. I mean, there's there's just a journey with, with all of this. And um, 
anyway, I was I was really leaned on them for a lot of my opening tech articles. Al Walters from Freeze and Chevrolet would be another one. Don yeah. Blackshear would be another one from oh, Pace yeah. Performance. Don's a great guy. Don, yes. Absolutely, so knowledgeable. And you know, and, th- and they were really willing to step up and give me the information so that I can then share it far and wide. Well, then, you know, I was I was really I saw that there was this opportunity with video. That video, I I, I of course research racing parts all the time for sure but where i really really focus my efforts is about marketing and learning about how to become a better marketer and that's really my passion so when it comes to marketing i i don't care what you would have to sell that's really marketing's my gig for sure so i started going to marketing conferences and that first one they were talking about the power of video yes and how video was taking over and um and i have to i have to give super props to doug johnson he's my my friend from out he was outlaw race parts but now he came out with the go lithium batteries so the lithium batteries that's eight pounds you know goes into a race car saves a lot of weight and i was talking to him and we have a great relationship i was talking to him on the phone and he was showing me this website, um, RevZilla.com, actually. So if you have motorcycle stuff and showing me this site, and he's like, you should really check this out, Kate, because what a great concept. They do all this video. And he's like, I, he's like, I just don't want to get on camera. And, and he said, but you should really do it. And I said, Doug, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, is anybody listen to me? I mean, I'm a girl. You know, I'm like 40-something. Right. You know, like, what's the deal here? And he's like, no. He says, Kate, because men listen to women. He said, you know, you have knowledge. Yes. And they're going to listen to you. Don't worry about it. And and so I broke out and decided, well, well, it wasn't – it's not that I wanted to be on video, but nobody else would do it. So if I wanted video on the website, it had to be me. Right. And then I just – took this disadvantage or what you could see as a disadvantage. I mean, number one, I'm a woman, I'm over 40 and I'm, I'm not thin. So, you know, I'm, I call myself the slightly overweight middle-aged woman who sells oh, race car BS. parts. Come on now. <laughs> no, but I'm I, saying, I but, but here's, you know, here, no, but, but here's, here's where we turn it around. I think we all have all, no. people themselves have their own insecurities. No, 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 but, but, but it's the truth though. But here was the advantage of that is that when you watched one of my videos, you knew oh, but you clearly, up, yeah. clearly no one hired me to be a spokesmodel. Right. <laughs> so, I had to be legit because, you know, I'm not like 20 and blonde and 100 pounds. I had to be the deal. I had to be legit in order. Like that was the advantage of it. Rather than seeing it as a disadvantage, I saw it as an advantage. Right. And then I just I started with what I had. I I started this company with literally nothing. I started I used my credit card to pay the web guy's fee. The web guy is like a whole nother story. But the then and how he was a ripoff and a whatever. But but, you know, I got through it. I learned, you know, I was basically thrown out, thrown out of the deep end. The web guy got about halfway through the website before he just bailed on me and I had right. to figure it out for myself. Yeah. And um, so that really, th- this whole journey has been all these little steps along the way of things that could have gone wrong, but I just kind of powered through. So with right. video, I just took the disadvantage, turned it into an advantage if I wanted video. And then people really started responding and they really enjoyed the videos. I don't take any of them down. I mean, they, they're there. So if you look at videos from two or three years yeah. ago, they're, we've made a lot of progress in that. I was scared of the camera and it was pretty stiff and I, my voiceovers were terrible and <laughs> you can nail them now like, <laughs> nailed it nailed it yeah awesome um, but but you know that's so that's a video and then 
we, you know, Create Insider has just grown and grown and grown. And I started with about 30 products and it right. was begging, begging, you know, can I please be a dealer? And it was just this network of friends. My dad was, of course, one of my dealers. He's the creator of the Wrench Boss right. um, tool organizer and just, you know, kind of called in some favors to try to become a dealer for a few of these. And that's now grown to now where I have, oh gosh, from 30 products, I have over 555, I think, on the website, 550, 600 products on the website. Um, even more skews than that. Kate, what was the vision? Did, did you did you did you have that visionary of, uh, idea of CrateInsider.com is going to go in this direction, or was it on the cuff? I'm going to launch this thing. I've got a goal. This is where I want it to be. It's going to be the message board. It's going to be starting off with these parts. But did you think you'd have over? 700 parts to sell to help out businesses and do the, the cross promotions of marketing to doing the now the video to now doing ecom coach and and, and winning motorsports marketing we're going to get all into that into this podcast later on but you know did you you know what might have been what should have been what could have been was there ever those thoughts in your head when you launched crateinsider.com you know, here's the thing is is it is funny because i am a planner so i you are i, I do i, give you I that. do like to plan but it, it was there was just something in my gut that this was a good idea, right? That this was a going to be this clearinghouse, and truthfully, I have treated business rather than trying to force something, right? It's almost like Crate Insider is its own entity, and I just examine where I think it wants to go. Gotcha. Or if I have an idea, I throw it in there. I mean, it's kind of like I think of ideas like spaghetti. You throw them on the wall and see what sticks, right? Yeah. So you know, like I told you, I mean, I really thought it was going to be an informational website, okay, and. Because of the informational website, then and then it was a message board, and then in the in the message board days have have diminished. They're gone. Well, but but like how I was going to make money because you have to have a have a monetization. Right. I mean, we're in business. I didn't do this as a hobby. I, right. I gave up. A so out of the job. gate, it was the goal of doing the parts, but well, you no, really did. No, it wasn't. Okay. The goal was to provide information for the for crate and racing. to sell advertising right. on the site. Right. That was the goal. But I could see very clearly within a month of launching the website that it was... I got to find a way to make income. No, no. The What happened within a month is that the store took off. Okay. And when I saw that the store was took off, that and it, that ended up being a whole different host right. of challenges and things like that. So Absolutely. I started off, I really thought I was just going to drop ship is what it was going to happen. Oh, wow. But then here's what happens. If somebody orders two products from two different manufacturers, I can't, can't charge them two different shipping charges. So I just saw what was popular, and I, then I started stocking. And I started with a um, four, like about a four-foot shelf, you know, like two shelves right. that are four feet yes. wide. Yes. And, uh, you know, and then it was in reinvesting in back into the company, and then now um, that's grown over time. I have lots of shelf space. And now you have like... I mean, I've been there. I've, to, probably, I've been there to create inside. And I and I do work very closely with Hendron Racing Engines, yes. and they've been very gracious in allowing me to ship out of their shop. And so, you know, we, we have a really good uh, relationship in between the two companies. Yeah. Then you know, it's really nice. I handle the parts side, so if they've got customers there, they you know they can pull parts from Crate Insider. That's and right. We, yeah. And then we ship out of the shop there. Racing Engines is the premier crate engine rebuilder. They are an approved engine rebuilder for Crate Racing USA, Sika, and Rush. 
Family owned and operated, their knowledgeable staff knows what it takes to win races. Call Hendron Racing Engines for your next rebuild at 828-286-0780. Again, that's 828-286-0780. And of course, we'll have links in the show notes. Yeah, a lot of companies <laughs> come to me now. I mean, it's it's interesting. I went from begging to be a dealer for some yes. of these companies. And now my phone rings with with offers to say, you know, hey, we've got this, we're this company and we've got this product. We think it'd be a really Was there ever match. a time you felt like, well, I'm a woman, I don't stand a chance in this man industry? You because, know, you, you know, know, basically a lot of people think predominantly it's a man-driven sport for men in motorsports. But Well, 93% of my audience is men. Right. So, and, I, and that is verified on Google Analytics and Facebook marketing and, right. and email marketing. I mean, all across the board, I know that my audience is 93% men. And, and you know, of course, when it, when we went to video, um, then yeah, I mean it, there there was that question as I mentioned to you: Is anybody going to listen? Right. And then now, I mean, <laughs> we're like two hundred you, something you've been videos. Successful. In. You have CrateInsider dot com. You do Facebook, and we're going to talk about your social media here in a bit. But top five yeah. Tuesday, two p.m. Eastern every every Tuesday. It don't matter whether it's winter, spring, summer, fall, race season, off season. You put out top five Tuesday, and that is for not only CrateInsider dot com, but for the Racing Insider podcast. Um, You're going to yeah. advertise with that, but to put prizes people love free stuff well i got a story for you about that yeah so so here's what happened so so, so here's what happened here's what happened here's breaking what happened. news well you know so we actually before credit insider was launched as a website okay i mean when it was just an idea it was like december of 2013 decided to go ahead and create the facebook page just to save the name and and i really didn't think much about it i think uh, you know it was like well, okay, I'm just going to create this page, like I said, to save the name. Yes. You know, just like buying the domain before even having an idea for right. it. And then... And it was free. All of a sudden, and this was back in December 2013, so Facebook Pages was an entirely different world That's than right. it was today. That's right. Uh, but it was like two weeks, and we had like 500 people that had liked the page. Wow, we're here. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Oh, my God. I got to start doing something with this. So what I did is, you know, then I was over on Facebook... And at that point, too, I was doing a lot of rules and I was interviewing different series directors on paper, you know, just so they could have their little blurb about their series. And so as I posted new – well, the website didn't exist yet. It was still being built. But I would have a little post, like when I had new new companies that I was dealing with or whatever, and and just try to broaden that audience. And it was was five months, and I had already had like six thousand likes on that Facebook page. So then when the website launched, I was like, okay, well now what do I do for content? You know, I've got this Facebook page. What right. do I do? Right. So that's it. Wasn't very much long after that. I don't know when the first top five Tuesday was, but it was tied to the store because I thought, well. One of my one of my little marketing secrets, and I don't care what kind of business you have, this is one of my marketing secrets, and it's recurring content. Because it's really, when you're looking at that bank blank screen and what do I post, then my little tip is, what is something that you can do every single week um, that you can do non, you know, nonstop or without fail? So I just started doing what's called Top 5 Tuesday. And what I would do is I would post my top five products of the week. And this would be on Tuesday morning, I'd start at nine o'clock and be like top number five of this week. And it was just a picture post with a right. link to the product. Right. Then an hour later would be number four, an hour later would be number three. So I did that. And when the Facebook Live came about, well, no, no, we're we're not even close to there. That's oh, okay. years wow. away. Wow. So okay. So so here's what happened. Then after that, then when I w- was doing video, I was of course I started video about three and a half years ago, and then I decided, well, maybe I should do the top five Tuesday as a 
as a video instead of doing the individual gotcha. picture posts. Okay. Because video, so you actually just did video a is, with a product. Video, yeah, it was just a product post. Got you. So then I started doing, uh, it was a recorded video though. So I'd record it in my video studio, which you guys, the whole deal was I had this backdrop because I had no furniture because all my furniture was in storage in Idaho. I hadn't moved, I'd, I'd moved here personally, but all my stuff was in storage and still owned my house out there. And I had this backdrop and I bought a few lights and this is my iPhone on a tripod and I would record talking about it, but then I would edit this video and I'd have overlays of the products. And right. so it was kind of this whole production and the editing and everything. So I, so I started doing Top 5 Tuesday as a video and and I put that out there. Well, I wasn't really sure if it, anything was really happening and this was back in uh, – this was in 2017, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So 2017, I was doing the, the Facebook, uh, the Top 5 Tuesday as a video that was recorded. And I didn't really feel like I was getting traction. Nothing was really happening. And so I just kind of dropped it like in July of that year. Well, then I went to PRI in 2017 and people were recognizing me. They're like, oh, I know you. I know you from Top 5 Tuesday. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, I haven't done Top 5 Tuesday in five freaking months. I haven't done this in five months, but I was like, well, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe right. there's something I should do with that. And so in, in 2018, here this year, I, or in 2018, actually, you're going to hear this podcast in 2019, but that's when I started at the first of the year, I decided I was going to do Top 5 Tuesday. I was going to do it live. I did it as a Facebook live and that I have, I have done every week. Top Five Tuesday, every Tuesday at 2 o'clock Eastern, other than two exceptions, one being when my kitty died, I'd had him for 19 and a half years, and then also when I was, I'd flown into PRI this year, but I knew we'd have a ton of live video. So it's been incredibly powerful. Um, on that show now, every week I have, I do a live giveaway where I give away a t-shirt, or That's right. I'm able to talk about um, different companies I'm working with, or if I have a new product, and I reach out to my manufacturers. And in fact, I have to give credit to um, LSM Racing Products. I love their tools. But I had started Top 5 Tuesday Live, and I'd placed an order. And so Heidi, Heidi Rude from there, she she messages me, and she says, Hey, if I send you a couple of t-shirts, would you maybe want to give them away on your right. show? Yeah. I was like, that's freaking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. I can talk about LSM. I can give away their t-shirt. And, and, and here's it's this win-win. And, and that's what I'm going to tell you, Wesley, is that what I look for in any type of business or opportunity, anything to do with business, I look for for ways that everybody wins. Right. And then this is a situation where that the manufacturer wins, Crate Insider wins, and the customers win. That's what I was, th- yeah, that's what I was throwing wins. out there. Yes. It's it's a if, if if I can't find a situation where everybody wins, then it's then it's a bad idea. What do you do think of social of media as it is now to help you with your oh business? Oh my god, what you, seriously. What do you feel about it? There has never been a better time in the history of time to be a business owner. The opportunities that we have today with the technology, with the social media, with our phones. I mean, if you have a smartphone, which you can't even buy a flip phone anymore. I mean, you'd have to buy it like on eBay or something, but you can't even get a non-smartphone, I don't think. Um, maybe, maybe one of those like pay-by-the-week deals or something. But generally speaking, who doesn't have a smartphone today? And you know, there's no excuse. If you have a smartphone, you have a media company in your pocket Somebody said to you at PRI in Indianapolis for them to say to you, hey, my goodness, you need to bring back Top 5 Tuesday. They didn't even realize it was gone. Right. I mean, that was it. They, they were just like, oh, I know you from Top 5 Tuesday. And I was like, oh, hell. I mean. And I it had to get, your, get you thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, Ralph, five products, 15 minutes on camera. Well, at the time you were recording it, 
for for uploading because I was at the afraid. time they didn't have Facebook well, Live. Well, no, I was afraid of live video. But then I, I saw the power of live video, and I just had to move beyond it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about me. Right. It is not about me. It is about my customers. It's about my and manufacturers. Right. It's it's about them. And, you know, when you take yourself out of the equation and, you know, if I knew that I could add value for people. And when I launched that live show, I launched it as Top 5 Tuesday because I had this history. People knew Top 5 Tuesday. But when I launched that show live, I, said, I asked people, you know, hey, what should we call this? What do you really want to see live on a weekly basis? And I committed to Tuesday at Two o'clock because then it's something, and I show up. I mean, it might be, it might be two o'clock. You might be thirty, right? Yes, exactly. it might be. But there's no like shit happens it, in the lane. And no, it's done, it's just right? pushing the button, and right. you know, maybe it takes me longer to type or one extra second. That's or right. Whatever. Yep. I mean, those things happen, but it's not. It's it, it, without a fail. Right. I show up at two two o'clock, or you know, and people right. will call me out. It's two o two. Like okay, well, you know, I'll deal with it. Sorry, but, but it's but it's two o'clock, yep. and. You know, I, I asked them, you know, what do you want to see? And it just, you know, I, I really pay attention to trends and evolution. And the show has evolved now. It's got a really simple format. Every under, everybody understands it. I start off with whatever I'm going to give away um, that week. And it, let me tell you how I do a giveaway. It's really simple. I just ask people to comment. They can just leave emoticon. They can Oops. say hi, whatever. Yeah. I actually have two giveaways now. We'll talk about that in a okay. second. But um, the, the that first giveaway is just leave a comment because I don't want to call. I know I see on other people when they go live, they'll be like, oh, Wesley Outland is here. And, and we'll like, well, they'll start calling people out. Well, not everybody necessarily wants to be called out. Right. And I don't call them out unless they leave a comment. Right. So if they say hi. If they wave or, you know. You know, it, whatever. They Right. Even emoticon, then they know. Then I know that they they're okay with being recognized, right. and it's really become a conversation. Um, so this the format of the show now is I I talk about what I'm giving away. Normally, you have some type of a featured product or a featured item. I might talk about a new product that whether it's new to to overall or it's or it's new to the site. I mention any videos that I've had um, come out in the week week in between the top five Tuesdays because I do other interviews. Maybe it's a driver interview. Maybe it's uh you know just so it, hey just in case you missed it here's this deal. Then I talk about the top five products of the week and then I do random number generator. I see okay there's fifty comments i type 50 into random number generator it spits out a number and then i just count the comments to figure out who wins and then i send them the t-shirt or the hat or we you know whatever it is i'm giving away and now we have a fun little extra thing it's almost like an easter egg i was in the cvs store actually a couple months ago or two or three months ago whatever it was when i started this and it's one of those signs that you can get letters for and you can change so i actually have this sign in my background it's actually come people's hobbies to see what What's in the background right. of my of like what's in the background? Of, this is shot from my office, and um, so I've got this sign, and I change the saying every week. So like a couple of weeks ago it was like in it to win it, or um, you know whatever whatever the case may be. So to really reward my loyal viewers. I have a second drawing now. So if you leave a comment where you say what my sign said the week before, right? Then. Um, I do a separate drawing for that. So I count up how many people knew what my sign was and I give away like a Crate Insider t-shirt usually is what I give away for that second drawing. And so that's that's just a way of, of increasing loyalty and rewarding the people who show up, you know, every week. And I get a lot of messages where where people do show up on a weekly basis. And, and it's just really become a 
wonderful way of really engaging and being part of this, really creating this community. I want to talk about the crate summit. I want to talk about you trying to break the ice in crate racing. But, you know, was there ever any doubts of I'm doing this for the wrong company? Like, you know, you have super late models and you have, you know, so much exposure for them. You kind of, I mean, obviously selling the race parts, that was key. You, you know, I really didn't understand how big that was, but was there ever any doubts of, man, maybe I should go be doing this with World of Outlaws or Lucas Oil or Southern All-Stars? Uh, what no. was it about Crate Late Model Racing that set the tone of of wanting to expose them, to put them out in the limelight? More? You know, the, the funny thing is, is that it just turns out that Do you marketing- find the word crate offensive? Why would I? Why? Why would I find the word "crate" offensive? Well, you know, we live in a world today where some people they, you know, I, I, I find and I, I find it disrespectful myself. You, know, you see people, you meet people at PRI, and you see the Durant Slane vendors or the Fast Track vendors, or you see, you know, Seca vendors set up or Rush, and people pass by. They're like the diehard super fans, and it's like, well, <laughs> that's crate racing. What a freaking joke! I don't care about crate racing. Well, that's like, not my audience. It's not right. my audience. I don't care. I mean, because well, the thing is that what I saw, and I, and I didn't realize this at the time. Now I can actually put words to what, what this all is. It's just, for me, marketing is intuitive. It's like I just get it. And I get it from a standpoint that most people don't. And I didn't even see that. I didn't even know that I was doing that. Um, but the the thing I saw with crates is I thought I said, wow, all of these guys have this in common. It's this, we all agree, it's a 602, 604, 525. You know, actually, I have something to tell you that you probably don't even know. So when I started Crate Insider, it wasn't necessarily just for GM. Right. I mean, I, I thought, well, I know in asphalt, we've got the Fords and the Dodges. Yeah. And I don't really even know how to get a hold of Dodge. But, you know, I, I originally, I reached out to Ford. Um, and it was within a week of when the website was, was new. And I talked to the guy at, at head of motorsports at um, at Ford, and and I said, you know, here's what I'm doing and bringing all of crates. You know, it's all called crate racing. So, you know, really, I want to do these tech articles and all that. And and he's like, well, let me pull up the website. And he took a look and he's like, yeah, it looks a little light on content. Yeah, I don't think we'd be interested. I just launched. Right. I, I know. But, now, how do you like but, me now? I'm thinking but, of the words by Toby Keith in that song. Seriously. No, no. But I'm just saying. So I just said, okay. And that's when. Crate Insider became all about the perform, you know, GM performance, you know, Chevrolet performance and, and all it has to offer. Because here was the deal. Here's what I thought of is that there's all these guys. We all agree on the engine. We have this one engine. And this way, what I can do is just focus on the parts that go with this engine. And, you know, this way, the if, when you go to other online parts suppliers, I would say, like, you'd have to trip over the go-kart parts or the super late model parts or whatever. But, like, I had this vision. So my vision, you asked about vision earlier. Right. And we, we call it in marketing, we call it ideal customer avatar, you know. But who is that ideal customer? Who's, who's that person, that one person? And a lot of times, other people name them. I don't have a name for my avatar. Right. But, but the person that I've always tried to reach is that 19 or 20-year-old kid in the stands who's been watching racing forever, who didn't come from a racing family, but right. has this passion and this desire. If I can give him the information or her, I mean, I, but just face it, my audience is 93% men. If I can give him what, the tools that he needs so that he can put his race car together and get out on the track and right. live his dream, yeah. 
I'm going to serve a whole lot of other people in the process Yes, in, in that. But if I can reach him, so that's the person that I'm directing everything to. And, you know, I'll tell you, here's, you know, my biggest advantage in all of this is that I walked in and I didn't know a damn thing. Not a thing. I've never even changed my own oil in my own car. And, and, have I. and but the, <laughs> I just pay but the advantage is, <laughs> right. and, and if you want to talk about a woman advantage, I don't lead with that. I'm not a woman owned business. I'm a business owner right. who happens to be a woman. Right. Okay. It's just, the, like just the way it is. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't like play the girl. I mean, I'll play the girl card, I guess, if I have to, but, <laughs> but you know, but no, I mean, I make a joke like this is easy enough for a girl to do, you know, like you'll see me in some of my older videos where I've like tried to use tools and I'm terrible at it. I mean, I'm God awful. You know what I love about it though, Kate, is that yeah, yeah, I, I believe you're a very attractive lady. You're in your, your forties plus, as you said, um, I'm 40 ish, 40 ish, yeah, 40 ish. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, racing. You know, or, or, or you have well, you have learned racing. You have you have took the time to you know you shut these, you close that, and, and you learn from your ears people. And close shut your, your mouth. Yeah, yeah, shut your ears, close your mouth, and, and and you you've you've open your ears. met so many people that are in the industry, and you have tried to help them. They help you, and you have put yourself in a in a a place in motorsports. Well, but here's the advantage. You know, is is by having no base of knowledge. Here was the advantage is that when I call a company, um, like for instance, when I when I was talking about like Walker air filters and and they're telling me on the phone, well, these are a bottom loaded air filter. Well, I mean, a lot of people would just like just roll with that. I was like, dude, I have no idea what you were just explaining. You just used engineering words. I have no idea what that actually means. And I will make them explain it to me until I understand it. And I have this thing like there's one of the magazines and I don't want to throw magazines on the bus. I can't remember which one it was. If it was Stockholm magazine or Hot Rod magazine or some of those. Right. But like you look at a tech article and like in paragraph one, it's like, ooh, I feel like a genius. You get to paragraph two and you have to be a mechanical engineer to understand the damn thing they said. Right. I make sure that anything that I put out on Crate Insider, if I understand it, then I, and I feel like I bring this to a level where anybody's base of knowledge, even if that base of knowledge is very little, like mine was, that's who I'm trying to help. You know, I mean, if you already know it, you don't need my videos anyway. So here, I'm going to really try to break it down into simple terms and not make it hard, you know, not use big words on purpose just to sound smart. Right. You know, I get these experts and I deal with these amazing engineers who are incredible at what they do. They're incredibly smart, but I, I just work with them until I can get it into words that gotcha. anybody could understand. Absolutely. You know, if you're an eighth grader, you should be able to understand any of the videos that I did. Definitely. And, yes. and that's really and, what and I you got advantage. You, you we know a lot of times what people don't see is that when you're just, there's this like learning by osmosis and the fact that you're, you know, I'm an hour and a half from Charlotte. So I'm not like, it's not my backyard necessarily, but being connected and just having those conversations, you, you learn about these little bit of technologies that, if you're in like no man's land, it's so much harder. And that's really an advantage of Crate Insider. You know, a lot of times I get asked about, you know, being in North Carolina. And I don't actually do a lot of business in North Carolina right. because we have some amazing motorsports companies here. I don't want to compete with them. I want to be friends with them. I mean, you know, technically we're competitors, but we're really not because my audience is pretty much the United States, continental the United States. I do have some customers in Canada and yes. Australia as well. Well, and, 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 you know, you hinted on that, of, of the, all of the crate sanctioned bodies and everybody's egos and everybody is, is, you know, they hate each other, so to speak. And I don't do politics or drama. Fast I mean, that's track, on them. Durant Slane, formerly Neesmith, Rush, mm-hmm. Seca, 
uh, you know, go nuclear. All of the crepe sanctioned bodies were out there. Um, well, but you, you forget though. No, but you got to stop for a second. I mean, you are a southeastern NDRA. announcer. No, you're not a southeastern announcer. Right. Your world is dirt late models. Yes, but you okay. have IMCA. It's IMCA. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I know you always call it IMCA. We say IMCA, but it's, it's IMCA. I, you don't understand, okay. Wesley. There are 60 to 70 different series on my website, and I have rules for all of them. Got you. I deal with modifi- dirt modifieds, dirt late models. I have um, the wingless sprints on dirt. Yep. I also have street stocks. I have asphalt late models, asphalt modifieds, asphalt super trucks, all crate engines. Anything to but me, a crate motor you cut. I don't care if it's dirt or asphalt. I don't care what kind of chassis you have. Got you. I'm focused on the engine and the pieces that connect with it. Gotcha. That's what I'm connected with. And I don't give a damn about any of the drama that is any of the politics. That is not my gig. That, that was something that, you know, people have come to me and like, oh, man, I'd love for you to do some of this. I'm like, dude, I am I am not going to get involved in that. There's enough drama when I put out a crate engine and people are like, man, crate engine was supposed, crate engine supposed to be affordable. And, it, you know, it's like, it, and that's the same just this, person that's at PRI that'll stick their nose up and be like, "Well, crate racing's a joke. I don't know why you know well, it's like it's not. It no. was supposed to be. It was supposed to be economically to save the sport. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to say this is that the word affordable means nothing, right? Nothing, right? Because if you give me twenty dollars and you give a tw- six year old twenty dollars. It has totally different meanings. A six-year-old thinks that they're like the wealthiest person on earth at that right. moment. And I'm like, yeah, I might be able to buy lunch with this. So what in the ah, hell? I'll have to tank up on the car. Affordable <laughs> means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And that is something we need to get over, I think. And, you know, what is affordable? Right. I, I will tell you this. So I was talking to uh, Ed Soroka from R2C Performance several years ago. Okay. And Ed's a great guy, and he um he and I were having a conversation, and actually, you know, like this is part of like the behind the scenes of why I'm starting this podcast, the Racing Insiders. And, and is, we're going to get I, into that. Is I get to have these personal conversations. I deal with these manufacturers, yeah, several times a year. I mean, I'm you know most times a racer will buy maybe one or two things from a manufacturer. I'm you know I'm buying thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff right, from them right. and over the course of time that relationship those little touch points here and there you know a a 2 second converse or 2 minute conversation where you're ordering something also is like how you doing and you know and and we get to know each other as personal people right and that's a that's just a view of racing i think most people don't get to see and i figure hey i have this opportunity I think I should do something with that. But anyway, talking to Ed, I said, Kate, you know, one thing to remember, he goes, nobody needs anything that you and I have to sell. Nobody needs what we have to sell. That hit home with me. You know, you don't need to race. I mean, there can be this passion, this drive, and, and you can feel like something's not fulfilled in your life. But racing is not food, water, it's shelter. Not life. Right. Well, I mean, it is it is a lifestyle, but you know, when when you talk about needs and just to know that this right. is is not a need, it is. And if if it's not a, if one class isn't affordable, maybe there's a different choice that's going to be better. Right. I, and I, I hear about S costs escalating, and 
I, you know, like I don't well, get involved a, a, in the drama of that. A, a, a prime example: a, a, a very respected driver like Ricky Weeks, mm-hmm. uh, eight-time Cherokee Speedway Super Late Model Champion, five-time Ricky Carolina Class Champion. Saw him the other night. You know, and, and me and him had a conversation about, you know, why he runs the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models and why he does things in in crate late model races. He's won crate races before. Uh, one of the biggest wins of his career was winning the 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 crate race at uh, Carolina Speedway at the first ever King of the Carolinas. I remember because being the announcer with that event with Mark Abernathy. Um, you know, I mean, it's like he, he – it's became expensive. Super late model racing has become too damn expensive. We can't afford it anymore, and this is the way to still have fun and enjoy racing in motorsports. This is somebody that should be and one day will eventually be in the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame dominated in the super late model industry, dominated on the touring level, ran national races, and now he's sidelined running with the big guys because it's got too damn expensive and you can't afford it no more. Well, let me introduce you to a concept that is actually probably the most important thing that I learned in college. And, of course, my degree is interior design. Yes. <laughs> you know, but this actually happened. And so, so as part of going to school, I was, I was an older student anyway. Um, I, was, I graduated from college you know, in my 30s. And um, I, I, so I would take my core classes, my things I needed for my degree. I would take those during the year. And then I would do summer classes. And I'd do hardcore summer classes with all that stuff that you had to have. And this was in my World Civ class. And this professor, he, he stands at the front of the room and he asks everyone. He says, I want to ask you, who decides what you do for a living? And we're like, we look at him, we're like, dude, we do, of course. He goes, no, you don't. And we're like, well, yeah, we do. He says, uh, he goes, no, he goes, the market decides. And we're just like, no, we decide. He said, now think about it for a second. It's deep. I it's said, deep. I said, no, but he said, think about this for a second. What if you decided that you wanted to start a typewriter company today? We're like, well, that's stupid. I mean, nobody's going to buy typewriters. Exactly. We have computers right. now. Yeah. He goes, you know why? <laughs> you know why? Because the market has decided that, that, it's over. that typewriters are irrelevant and that the way of the future is computers. Right. That is when I see racing, that is how I, I see life this way is that the market decides. And if, if then we have a class that is too expensive. Right. And racers walk away. Yes. There will and there's fewer fans and there are fewer cars. At some point that series will no longer be able to go forward. So it's either adapt or die. Right. Those are your choices. Yes. And so if you know, you're gonna find this roller coaster, it's not really a roller coaster as much as it's just like rolling hills of trying to find that right balance for for anything but the racers are going to race period what what series they decide to run what cars they decide to run a lot of that's going to be market driven based on what they're if they're interested in payouts and and what if they can afford all of those things and we're going to see a fluctuation i think that's why we have such growth right now in the 602 delay models i think a lot of those rules i mean you got shock rules that are different um and the the engine i mean the engine is a couple of thousand dollars less and it's a little I mean, minus horsepower but in but the in much. the in the grand scheme of things right. that 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 couple thousand dollars isn't as impactful as what we're seeing with some of those other rules that they have. It, it, what you just said about market, and there's a, here's a damn prime example of it. You know, I mean, um, the 602 engine has been around for, for years, mm-hmm. but it seems like within the last three years, because of the market, as you said, 
it's getting its uh, its name outright in growth spurt in motorsports. It is. People and are it's... people are buying it. People are racing in it. There's a buzz about six hundred two racing, and and I have know, the stats to prove it. Yes, too. I mean there we we. Before and, and again, I don't mean to get off subject about doing fast track, but you know, fast track. We're you not could run talking a about fast track. You could run a six hundred two engine. Mm-hmm. You know, so the six hundred two engine was out there. Yeah. You know, but people just never ran it. But now, within like you said, because of the market. Well, and I would say that it's, you know, it's well, I think it's a couple things. I think there are two pieces that are coming together for that. Right. Is number one. Um, people moving. Um, I, I always hate Durant's to say. Lane 602 Sportsman Series. Uh, you know, Scott Morgan's Thunder Series. All but, these cool things they've done with the motor. Well, but what I'm saying is, and again, I don't just do dirt late model stuff. Right. So, like, I do a lot of other stuff. Hey, what, okay. So but what, what I want to say is the racing? trend. What I want to see is the trend is that you have guys coming out of maybe the hobby stocks or I just hate to call them lower classes. I, I hate right. I hate that idea of this like class structure, um, but they're just moving from one entity to the next. So right. It's kind of moving up because things are a little more complex. So that I see an influx of guys coming from those other like front wheel drives or whatever coming into 602s. Right. But I also seeing people being repelled from the 604s and the the the, the this the rules allow such a more they allow more expensive products right and it's pricing some people out and so their their alternative is to go i'm not saying it's stepping back it's not right it's not at all i mean we have jeremy mayfield a legendary nascar driver racing a 602 dirt lay model today and he's he has nothing but glowing things to say about it yeah so i'm not saying it's a step back by any means it's a more of a lateral kind of a thing right Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask that question uh, again. Not just crate late models, sprint cars, mm-hmm. IMCA modifieds. Okay, mm-hmm. not IMCA, IMCA modifieds. Yeah, um, IMCA UMP modifieds. I, I mean, what is your favorite racing? Do you have a favorite racing, or you like me? You just love everything in motorsports. Um, I don't have a favorite type of racing. I have to say, I mean, I I do love watching the sprint cars. I mean, winged or non-winged? Winged. I mean, oh man, I do because they just zip around and they can just like, r- like go around each other right. and it's crazy. I mean, like you know, you get the compared to the dirt lane models that are like tanks. <laughs> you know, and Dave you, Miller you calls these, them like, taxi cabs. And, and I wouldn't like, call them ta- nice. No, but, no yeah. I wouldn't call them that. But they're just. <laughs> I mean, the only reason a dirt lane model cannot get any wider is because you'd have to have wider trailers, and DOT won't allow the wider trailers. Right. So I mean, I think that's the only reason. That's the only thing that's keeping them from being any bigger than they already are but i mean i do love watching like sprint cars. yeah the sprint Wing cars are, yeah they're they're kind of fun you got a favorite driver i do donnie shots donnie shots from fargo <laughs> north know, dakota you know the funny yeah. thing is like i was at world finals a few years ago and i'm watching this is this is like i'm in the stands and i've got blankets there and it is so freaking cold it is like 17 degrees or something and, and i'm freezing to death yeah and i'm watching these sprint cars and and keep in mind i mean i i, I just and I don't necessarily know who everybody is yeah. and all of this because it's – I mean, I, my focus is more on the tech and all of that. So so I don't always know drivers. But I'm watching this race and I see this guy he like spins out or something and somehow he gets put back to the back. And I'm watching as he just winds through traffic all the way to the front. And I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, who is that guy? Who is that guy? And somebody's like, that's Donnie Shots. That's and I was Donnie like, Shots. you know what? He might be the biggest asshole in the world, but right now I'm a Donnie Shots fan. And so it was really cool. A couple, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And, um, wow. So, so a couple of years later, you fast forward. Donnie, and she said that, not I me. Did. I did. But like, I got to see him. I actually got to meet him in, I think, the April race. And I had gone to a souvenir trailer. Right. 
or the May race, whatever, went to a souvenir trailer and I picked up a tank top because you guys, I mean, I have this whole wardrobe of racing shirts, but they're they're all like, I don't know. I don't really wear a lot of Women need clothes too. But I, but I had it. So I was t- tank top and so I bought his tank top right. and then, then I went to him and had him, you know, gave him a Sharpie and had him sign it for me. I, I have go. an autographed Donnie Schatz tank top and, and, and I'm not going to tell you, I'm like, I am, I am a fan of racing, but I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I really like all this behind the scenes stuff is really more my gig than, than actually being a in fandom. I don't really follow or, you know, I'm not obsessed. I'm not like a Donnie shot stock or anything, but I do have to say, you know, and, and it's, and it's fair for me to be a fan of him because it's totally outside my market. It's not showing favoritism within the people who are actually my customers. And I do try to be fair to everyone. CrateInsider.com is your one source for crate racing tech and more. Whether you currently race with a crate engine or you are thinking about getting into the sport, their website has what you need. CrateInsider.com has tech videos, interviews with experts, and the best products in the industry. Dyno tested and proven so you know they are the best products for crate engines. Visit CrateInsider.com today to get on the fast track to victory lane. This is the Racing Insiders podcast. We're with the founder the person behind what is the RacingInsiders.com uh, podcast, of, or, of course, RacingInsidersPodcast.com of uh, Kate Dillon. Kate Dillon, in addition to CrateInsider.com, dabble a little bit about Ecom Coach. Talk a little bit about winning motorsports marketing. Sure. You stay hashtag WTHO wide <laughs> the hell open yeah, like my, I do. My, my dad says, or yeah. my, my brother calls me WTFO. You know, well, I'll let I, you I figure can't. that out. Beep. <laughs> Why the open? No, so. but um, actually, the ecom coach thing is an interesting story. So, so you kind of heard the I touched on the fact that the web guy yeah. ditched me halfway through the process yeah. of building my website and, and that was, figured it, out. Was there ever? Any, I don't want to go off subject, but did that 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 knock you down? Obviously, that will hurt. But it was like this is delaying me. This is hurting me. Was there ever? Damn, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Like you know, this is not going right. I wanted a deadline because I know what it's like to be on a deadline for something. Yeah, you know, was there was there a launch date? Was there a day you wanted to launch? Yes, this I thing? wanted to launch on March first, and um, you know, and here's what happened. I mean, I'll, uh, the the short version of this is that I paid the guy up front, and he was actually in Raleigh, and which is about four hours away from here, four and a half, I think, yeah, around my neck of the woods. Yeah, yes, and sir. um, and I went. He worked out of his home. Yes, ma'am. And I'm yeah. like I said, I'm a business owner who happens to be a woman. Well, I show up. And and I meet his wife and and see him and everything and work on the website, and then um then it's like crickets forever, and then like a couple of weeks later he tells me, well you know your my wife saw you and she was she's afraid that she doesn't want us you know us working together you know unless she's around and I'm like dude I mean what the hell I mean I'm just trying to open a business Why, here it, yes you know and this is a guy who was Why never going to think have, there's other things here yeah, before d- besides dude never that. had a freaking chance I mean it's just ridiculous so finally you know what I had to do I'll tell you what I had to do I mean I, one time I actually had to meet him in his he, he was going to a conference in Charlotte so I had to meet him in his hotel room to set up part of my website and I mean of course my boyfriend knew about it and it's like I mean there was no secret but he's like please don't post it on social media I don't want my wife to know wow like, freaking ridiculous and then um, finally in order to get my website done because March 1st went and gone, you know, came and went is I finally texted him. I was like, dude, you know, cause I tried to call him, tried to text him, no right. answer. I said, here's your choice. You either work on my website or I'm going to be on your doorstep tomorrow morning at 9am. Right. That's right. what I had to do. And then he was, then he ended up calling me or texting me or something. And, and I said, um, 
he said, well, actually, that would be better. So I sat down with him and we got some of the basic framework. And I had worked so hard on all this content. You know, keep in mind, I didn't have a job. I just left a job. Right. I wasn't like drawing unemployment or anything. I was like literally making no money. Exactly. Yeah. And um, then, I, you know, I, I get back, you know, four and a half hours home and and then um, saying, oh, I got this content, you know, and here it is in this folder or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I've done all the work for you that I'm going to do. And this is, I'm like, dude, I don't even have a store yet. And then he gave me this like bullshit like thing like, oh, here's a link to like creating your own store. So it was at that point that I then, and it was just junk. It was absolute junk. Right. And so I did my own research to figure out about a store and I built mine and I, on you know, I rolled out. I definitely had my own aesthetic that I was going for. I wanted to really, you know, clean and easy to navigate. My, my goal is always to get people, you know, through the store in the least number of clicks. Well, what happened was within six months of me having my store, you know, keep in mind, I'm not a web professional at all. You know, I'm not a web developer. Right. But I was having companies in the racing industry. They were like, man, I really like your site. You know, what, what do you suggest we do? And um, I was like, well, you know, just go here, here and here and just do this. And they're like, mm, yeah, can you just do it for us? I was like, um, I suppose I could. So that's when I started building websites for other businesses, especially with e-commerce is what so I specialize in. So basically you got screwed out of the launching of your dream. Of CreateInsider.com for the website. Well, I had to launch. You had to I, I learn on, how to create it on your own. <laughs> I did. I launched April first. So it's always like every year is, the, it was is April first. It's April. It's like right. it's no no fooling. Right. Create Insider is open because I wanted to do it on the first of a month. Um, but then that's how I ended up building websites for other companies. Then I decided, well, you know, I only have so much bandwidth to do this stuff. So I created a course to right. teach people step by step. Right. And, and normally they actually want me to still do it. And, and I've got some help. I've got kind of building a team now. So I've got some support on that for some of the tech, you know, for the um the actual doing of some of this, but right. then I have my course that actually supports that, or a person could go through it and learn step by step. I've made a whole series of videos, yes, and that and that whole deal is like one hundred ninety seven dollars. So it's not wow. so you you know instead of and so ecom coach, it's not just for I hate, motorsports. No, it's for it could, life in general. It's for any if you want to become an interior designer website or well, marketing if you want to design, sell, you can do it. if you want to sell physical products online. That's what it's for. Okay. There's different kind of websites for different types of things. So, gotcha. you know, if you just want an informational website, that's a different deal. If you want to do like video, you know, teaching with video, that's a whole different kind of a website, different platform. But um, if you want to sell physical products online, that's what I specialize in. And so that's what I, that's what I teach. And then so on ecomcoach.com, you'll hear, I'll do videos. I do random things too. I like to vlog and take people behind the scenes yes. or talk about things that I buy. Of course, video is important to me. So I talk about um, different like cameras that I buy and different equipment. And so it's really like the marketing. It's the doing of what I do to be successful at Crate Insider. But it's, you know, Crate Insider audience, they want to talk about race car parts. So I don't bother that audience with that. What are the stresses of what you have to deal with Crate Insider or Ecom Coach or any, stresses? Do you, any stresses? Do you ever let anything, does anything ever bother you? Does things ever irk you? What is one of your biggest pet peeves? Um, gosh, I would say, you know, I mean, it's so interesting. You have a hundred happy comments and, and then you'll get like one negative one time and it's just kind of knocks you off your horse sometimes. And, you know, that kind of sucks, you know, cause I'm just trying to do good things for people and trying to have a situation where everybody wins, but some people are just jerks and that's just the way it is. Right. Um, I would say, you know, the social media thing too is the, the people wasting your time and hitting on you and it's like i don't know i mean that that just gets annoying more than anything else absolutely um and i think the the biggest piece of that is like 
what, what's the end game? Well, dude, in, in regards know? to what you were talking about, the gentleman that that screwed you over with your website launch. Yeah, and I didn't, call, I didn't even call him you, out. You, you know, didn't it's even like I'm just over no, it. You didn't. But I respect his, you from that. But, but it is what it is. I don't understand why we live in a world today where there's some people, men or women, that are jealous of the opposite sex working together. Mm-hmm. We've known each other since 2013, and now we're working together for almost a year and a half, doing things off and on. You know, and now launching. You know. Producing, editing, voiceover for CrateInsider.com or for the Racing Insiders podcast, doing things with you. There's no, uh, there's no any traction of, you know, hey, I, I want to sleep with you or you no. want to sleep with me. It's we're we, friends. We respect each other for what we're we friends. work and do. And I don't know why some people think that the opposite sex, there's something, there's strings attached to that because they work with one another. Yeah, it's crazy. It irks. It, it drives me up to no damn end because you're not the only well, person I've called know, slack for from it, or vice versa. Well, you've run you into know, that. Mind too. in the gutter. Definitely. Yeah, you've run into it, like where we'll have a selfie together to track or something, yes. and whoever you're oh, dating my ex-wife is like, would go ape shit over it. Yeah. Part of my language, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know if it's an insecurity issue for their part. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't understand it because you can. Be of the opposite sex, and and there's no strings attached. You're working with each other. You're trying. You respect each other for your craft and the talent that that person has. Well, you know, and and at this point, too, I have to say it's been kind of an amazing transformation experience, too, as just growing as an entrepreneur is connecting with other women who, you know, there there is that whole little cohort of or that horde where there's that jealousy. But now I'm really connected to some amazing women who don't do that at all. And they're they're in it to you know like we're going to support one another and boost each other up yes and you know like heather smith is a great oh, friend oh, of mine yeah. jeff, smith's, jeff smith's um uh, wife, holly yeah. henry is you know of course that we're going to talk we'll about talk holly about in a that. minute Winning sports marketing she's she's amazing i've been working with tanya krupp who's willie krupp's um wife at uh willie's carbs and dino and there's these amazing women um heidi rude from lsm racing products yeah i mean it's like we have this whole little you know little network where we we're not going to be jealous. Is that a prominently male-dominated sport? If somebody is me being male working in the industry, I don't have a problem with females. My biggest problem with females coming into the industry is, you know, you got a big rack and you've got a beautiful face, but you're a bimbo. You don't know anything about the sport. and But they're going to give you the job before somebody like you or me or someone knowledgeable because they look good on camera or they sound better on camera or on audio has got the, you know, it, it's a wrong base of our industry. Like, you know, I was told that, you know, you can be anything you want to be in life if you push and strive and drive for it. But now it's like, well, you can be anything you want to be in life if you really look the part. Well, I and mean, it's like, wow, what about all the damn work we've put behind doing the things we've done? To go and become somebody. I don't think that's motorsports. I think that is just the reality of, yes, the of world. today. Yes. So, I mean, like to give an example of that is, is I think we're missing out on some amazing music, for instance. Yeah. I mean, look, if we look at some of the superstars of the past, oh, yeah. that there's no way they would make it today. Look at Janis Joplin. I love the there 80s and no, 90s. I can't listen to music of today. I'm, I'm just, what I'm saying here, though, is that Janis Joplin, it would be, you know, she didn't have the look. Right. And, right. but she had incredibly that long hair but you know not the most attractive woman right and you know not dousing her but she was an amazing performer yes is is why when you know like adele is incredibly beautiful but she's she's certainly not she's a overweight, supermodel right yeah. she's overweight um so the fact that she could be accepted was i thought that was really cool yes that her talent but you know unfortunately in in a lot of ways um talent 
isn't necessarily, um, I think there are a couple things is looks and how much money you come to the table with. Yeah. Those are, well, you know, uh, in uh, racing. Uh, we don't have that In shit. racing. We don't, <laughs> honestly, in racing, it's how much money you come with. Hey. You know, in, and in anything of the, um, in media, you're going to have the look. And in racing, it's going to be money. I, I hate to say it, but it's yeah. the damn truth. Yes. And, and we're here to, I'm not trying to start anything. It's just, or I'm not, you know, of course, I'm trying to start a podcast, but I'm not just trying to start any drama or anything. Right. But it, it is a reality that it's just, it, it's, right there it's just true absolutely but uh, speaking of money yes now we can transition into the new thing that i'm working on so i'm still selling race car parts and you got still coach. teaching e-commerce yes, yes. and now but, winning um, motor sports marketing and this is a fun story so you know it's it's part of crate insider i this woman calls one day and she's asking about whether i have rocker panels in stock for for her husband's modified right and for whatever reason you know since she called we just start talking and we just hit it off and then we connected on social media and we're it's just you know, chemistry. We, we, we liked each other yeah. and we started like messaging each other like you know Facebook Messenger. Yes. And this person of course is Holly Henry from she's in the San Diego area. She's right. in El Cajon, California. California. And she um she saw all the opportunities with marketing and she became the trophy girl for Cocopa Speedway. Her husband is I a racer. I love that you can say that name for uh, the correct way cuz okay. I've heard them butcher it. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 I learned I learned from Holly. And and she was doing amazing things and getting track sponsorship and and seeing the bigger vision and just didn't have that greed mentality that I see so much that she really saw this like what I do is I see opportunity and I just jump on it and uh, she was doing the same thing and and then she came to me and she says hey Kate I want to start this this video program where I'll be interviewing drivers and it's going to be called Speedway 360 would you would you create insider would you want to sponsor it and I said you know absolutely yeah I want to and you've done advertising on MAV TV for CrateInsider.com. I have, but that's a whole different – that's yeah. nothing to do I mean, with this. But, I mean, but, but you, you, you've put the market out there, and I think, like you said, that's why you know I'm, I'm in the southeast, so I'm thinking of all that you've done in this area. But you went national. You went in the I U.S. National, for, but for I knew, Insider. I knew yes. that I didn't – You know, here was an opportunity where Holly could be an extension right. and reach a market that I can't reach personally. Yeah. You know, I've got my work to do, and I don't – you know, I, that is a goal of mine is I do want to travel to more parts of the country. I get to a few races here in the Southeast, but, uh, you know, there's there's just something to be said. And so anyway, I sponsored Holly with that show, the Speedway 360. And then it turned out, so I'd, I'd done this, um, I again, I spend most of my time when I'm not actually selling or working directly in my business. The learning that I do is often marketing related. Right. Marketing and business is my passion. So I had signed up for this course and as an extension of that there was going to be a meet and greet or this this whole like three day of, or two day event in San Diego so I had planned on going and this was like April May of last year I was already planning on going and then I realized well Holly lives like right there so I messaged her and I said hey you know if I stayed an extra day you know would you want to get together and she's like, absolutely. That'd be awesome to meet you in person. So in August, we actually met each other in person. I was already out there for another event. Right. And then we met in person. I interviewed her. I inv- interviewed her husband and, and the guy who handles their car. And um, then it was it was in between all of this, I'd kind of had this idea that with this marketing stuff that I already do, right. I see racers doing a terrible, they just, it's, they Racers don't sign up to be racers because they want to be marketers. They sign up to be racers because be they racers. want to go fast. Right. But in order to be successful today, you have to be good at marketing no matter what kind of business or whatever you've got. That's so, right. So I That's went to right. Holly and I said, you know, 
I know a lot of stuff about marketing over here and you've done some experiences over here. What do you think about working together and creating a program where we could teach racers the things that we know and we could help them be more successful? And she's like, Kate, absolutely love to work with you. And so we've partnered on that. And right now we have a Facebook group is called Winning Motorsports Marketing. There is a page, but really all the activity is happening inside the group. Um, I could go on about like groups and Facebook pages and all of that. But but in the group, you know, that way you're protected and if you've got a question about marketing, you know, you're all you're you're surrounded with it's me and Holly. There's some other motorsports people you know, like yourself. You're yes. in the group, Wesley, yes. that can add um, add value. And then there's other racers. So you're protected and all of that. But it um, it's not an opportunity for a free for all. It's the people that are in the industry, people that are serious, the ones right. that have the serious questions. Absolutely. To help them. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, you know, like. I hate to use the word safe space. <laughs> oh God! No, I mean, it's, sick, but it's anyway. No, it's, it's a it's it's a group. It's, it's a group. A professional so it, form. Well, because if you put it on a page, then anybody in the world can see it, and then you get you know you can get the people who are just trying to be jerks or whatever. But Keyboard this, warriors, yeah, snowflakes, as my friend Mark Newton calls them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We could get those. So you don't have any of those in the group. It's true on racers that are in this group. Right. And then they're there to learn. And so I just, you know, I came back from PRI this year and three days later, I guess I came back on Monday and I flew out again Thursday. Yeah. Flew out to San Diego. Sat, Holly and I sat down to record all of these episodes of, of this whole series, this whole course, and I have the editing to do. And, and by the time this podcast comes out, these could be coinciding with one another. Right. But we're really releasing a program called Winning Motorsports Marketing. And it'll be an opportunity for racers to learn from people who have done this, who have secured sponsorship, who have these relationships, and to teach you piece All by across piece. the board. Yeah. And, and you've seen an outline of it. In yes, fact, you're going to be a, yes, I you're am. Be a segment My of it. My colleague and great friend, Ben Shelton, is going to be, be part doing of things and you've got chambers you've got media people you've got personalities in the business you've got sponsors you have you all across the different perspectives of the do's, the don'ts, the rights, the wrongs. Yeah, and I, of I think, making it and winning motorsports marketing. Absolutely, and you know, in any time you've got a business or you you make a huge effort for something, I mean, obviously you have to be able to monetize that for sure. Yes. So yeah, so there will be a charge because I also don't think people value things enough when that information is free. You can't give everything. Yeah, away no, for free. you know you can't. So we will be charging for the program, but yes. there's the information in the Facebook group is free. You've you've um, you and I looked at that today. And yes, there were just a couple little simple things like how to um how to tag businesses in when you're oh, doing a Facebook Did you post. ever think we live in a world today where there's ads and hashtags in our life? No. I mean, I... No. No, I didn't. I mean, you couldn't have anticipated it. I'm trying to get you to get in the world of Snappy Chat. Know. You know, because you kind of told me that and Holly well, I think is Snapchat too. is for something, you know, bad, but it's it's, no, it's, it's not that it was bad. It was just like, I mean, I'm not going to use... I think it's all in the way people well, use it, well, as you said. It, well, it totally is, but I'm not using Tinder to, to promote Crate Insider either. Right. You know, I mean, Tinder's a hookup spot. <laughs> I'm just saying. And what was Snapchat? Snapchat, the original deal of Snapchat was that you could send a naked picture to somebody and then it would disappear. I mean, and of course, screenshots. If and they screenshot it, you're in trouble. I know. But like, that's my vision of what Snapchat is. So right. until, and plus, I do, I study a lot of marketing marketing and i snapchat is not part of that conversation right it's not now holly's bringing it up to me and saying well people magazine has a snapchat and yeah, i'm bringing it up to and you. i know yeah. but i mean um i got you to find i don't know i mean account and get one so <laughs> no i mean i had one for kate dylan but right. but um i don't have one for Crate insider yet and you know what i'll give it a shot but i also don't like things that are going to waste my time what do you and, think of twitter what do you think of of, of instagram 
Okay. Facebook. Um, it's absolutely. Not, I know Facebook's been a lot of where your successes have came from. Absolutely. Facebook but. is my wheelhouse. I mean, and to compare these platforms for Crate Insider, and I, and I think you have to be individual in your particular business, gotcha. whatever kind of business you're in, is going to be different. And so at least with racing, I over on Facebook, I have nearly 20,000 followers on Facebook. On Twitter, it's more like 700 and some. On Instagram, it's about 1,800. And, and, and then YouTube, we have like 500 subscribers-ish. Right. But but and the numbers grow. But like ninety percent of people just aren't subscribed to the channel because I don't really tell people to subscribe. You know, right. it's my call to action, and you know, like anyway. So really, my wheelhouse is Facebook. Facebook has been a big part. I'll be honest, though. You know, you would think from those numbers that Facebook would drive most of my sales. That's not the reality. You want to know where I, most of my sales come from? Top five Tuesday. No, Google organic search. Wow. Yeah. So most people just find us by looking. So like something if you put up. in the word crate racing. Something in the word of crate racing. She's actually going to folks right now on the podcast that for a few I'm going to type in crate racing and let's see and just if in, I in the can Google search. She's putting in the word crate racing and look what goes right to the top of the page. Like I am one and two. I am one, two and five on page one of Google under crate racing. I am positions one two i mean you're literally five. at the top of the list before you get to united crate racing alliance or even durance yeah. lane so there's my home page there's my home page yeah tech articles and videos yeah ucra chevrolet.com oh my god <laughs> for chevrolet you're you're in the top i mean but, there, but chevrolet's number four moment. chevrolet members number four and right. then the crate insider facebook page is number five and, and, the, and this is based off of people the way you it's like a countdown so to speak oh my god we could you, the, the, no seriously as many hits you put in that's why you go to there because people go to google or, or iphone or android and they put in that search and you go to the top of the list well this is called this is where we get into what's called seo which is search engine optimization how does that make you feel being number one no it's awesome it's awesome i've worked really damn hard to make that happen so and i haven't gamed the system at all this is all organic and it's real um i don't have there's all kinds of ways to game that system and right. i don't do any of those i don't believe in i believe in running my business with integrity right and to me integrity means doing the right thing even when nobody else is watching so i don't hire like an indian company to like have backlinks and all there's there's all this like you wanted to join there's, inside of that cup. yeah there's all of these <laughs> there's all these gamey strategies that you can do in order to get your page to rank on Google. Um, I don't do any of those. I just try to legit do the right things. Yes. And to see that paid off is is really cool. Now, as far as social media platforms, though, you know, the, the stats show that Instagram is the largest growing or the fastest growing of the platforms. Yes. And now that it's owned by Facebook, there's there's a lot of a lot of things that translate between one and the other. Yeah. Um, my advertising money, I actually do spend with Facebook. I don't do it on Google. Google, if I spend money with Google on advertising, what happens is that it's just, it doesn't reach my actual right people. Right. So I was getting calls. I've done a little bit of Google advertising just to test it out. And I was getting calls like, hey, I'm a guy in California. Do you have a crate engine versus 84 Bronco? I'd be like, dude, no. I this sell race racing, car parts. Race, you know? Right. So yeah. if, you, if you're, the question Hello. is... If the question is, if I spend money with Google, will I get more hits to my website? The answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. But the wrong, do you, you want to fill your people with, you know, your targeting has to be so spot on. Right. That's not my superpower. My superpower is just continuing to provide quality, 
content that's authentic, that's valuable. I don't just do videos just to do videos. Right. There's a purpose for each one and to that purpose is to provide information. And of course, Top 5 Tuesday is a little bit entertaining. It's uh, engaging with the audience, but I do a lot of other video beyond that as well. And I, and I know what it's like to be in front of a camera. Yeah. And, and it's just you and those people. Yeah. Even on television, I've done the bargain market, and, and you're you're buying, selling, trading. You have people calling in; they're putting on their products, like what you're doing. That's a hard sell. Like it's you know you you you're in your office during the day, and you see a, a lady on the camera, and she's got day lube, or she's got a shock, or she's holding a t-shirt or whatnot, and you think, "What the hell is this one?" Okay, but then if you build an audience there, there's people that are subscribed. And they know that 2 o'clock every Tuesday afternoon, winter, spring, summer, fall, there's Kate Dillon, and there's CrateInsider.com, and there's Top 5 Tuesday. You know, and it's like... And I've had those conversations yes. with some of my viewers. That and you've adapted. They know, they know that I'm going to be there yes. at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, or whatever time it is where they are. And they know, like, a few minutes before, like, okay, I'm going to you know be ready and watch Top 5 Tuesday. And you used to be fidget Tuesday. to do camera and to do interviews or felt like, oh you know, I, yeah, yeah, I remember so that. I remember... I, I remember Yo, cars. I was like, hey, Kate, come on. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to. No, no. Come on. No, you're you're one of the people behind the cars, dude. Let's get you on the camera. You know, and uh, but now. Oh, now. Just you, I mean, I don't. You're fucking masterful. Part of my language. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're masterful. At and it. I teach other you're people not about afraid. video. We'll, we'll we'll be at a dinner together. And, hi, this is Kate Dillon. And, you know, hi. You know, I mean, CrateInsider.com. You're you're in California. You're at racetracks. You're in restaurants. You're at PRI. You you know, if well, free for all now, so to speak, because you have no fear. You're no, like me. You have that no fear. I don't give a shit what people but, think about me. I'll pull my camera out and stand in the middle of Times Square and do something for Crate Insider if it, if it comes to mind. Well, you'll do it. But, yeah. I, but I think the situation, though, is how I got to no fear was it, it didn't come naturally to me. It's right. just like cold call sales. And I'd done that. And and that wasn't, you know, that was really difficult. Oh, that's tough. Yes. And then when it came to video, of course, I had this fear of all these bad things that people would say. And it took... You know what it took? The first hundred videos for me to get across, get over it. Yes. And that first hundred, it's not, now it's just, I've done it so much and I've practiced and, and I've also seen that it has added value to other people. Absolutely. And now when <clears throat> I look at, when I go into to do this, I don't think about the person who might diss me or, or whatever, so if that's even a word anymore, or insult me or whatever. Butt hurts the word of today's but, generation. Yeah, butt hurt. <laughs> If they're going to get all butthurt or whatever, I don't think that's not who this video is for. From the spider monkey, I, I, I give them that, you know, yeah. I give them that uh, yeah, opportunity. But, that's, but yeah. that's not who that video is for. And if they don't like it or if they want to insult me, like the thing is when I show up and I tell people, I, I don't pretend I'm anything I'm not. Right. I don't pretend that I'm an expert. What I will tell you is I know some really smart people, Yeah. really smart people, and they give me this information and I'm just relaying it. And I feel like I'm doing a service and I'm doing something good. I'm going to add value to someone and provide that. So, yes. so I think about what I'm trying to accomplish with that. I also don't really look at my stats or my numbers on that. I mean, I, I can see that my sales grow month after month after month and year after year after year. And you know what? The, the, the hardest thing about business is growth. Yes. Growth is, that adds a whole different deal. You know, it used to and be. There, you never, there's no stopping. No, no, the, there's the, not. Let's final subject here. I mean, this yeah. is uh, again, the, the racing insiders podcast. Let, let the audience know how, how did the idea come of doing what is now racing insiders podcast? 
Wow. Um, well, I mean, you and I talked about doing a, uh, like last year when we got yeah. together about a year, a little over a year ago, and we shot some promos and I did some voiceover work for you. And you're like, hey, Kate, I'd, man, I'd really like to do something with you, whatever. And, um, and it's, so it's, it's funny because all these things build on one another. So I was continuing to do Create Insider and that was always just in the back of my head. Right. And then, I, I had uh, actually there's a, here's some inspiration. This this inspiration happened about a year and a half ago, and um, the inspiration is the canvas of my life video with Jason Momoa. If you don't know Jason Momoa, he's an actor. He's in Game of Thrones, Frontier. He's going to be Aquaman in the new Marvel movie. And it this canvas of my life. You're watching this video. I don't even know how I ended up seeing it. Probably on Facebook and went to YouTube, and it's talking about his life and his journey as an actor. Right. And then at the end of this video, you you just think you're just watching it about him. And he gets to the end and he's talking about his Carhartt pants and how they're the canvas of his life. They're, they are like the bumps and the bruises and the tears and the stains. And, and like the, the line in there is that someday when he's gone, that his children or his grandchildren, I'm going to cry, his children or his grandchildren are going to see these pair of pants in, a, in an old dusty corner. And they're going to see that that's Look that at the was life that I yeah lived. that was his life his life were in those pants oh my yeah. god anyway that inspired me and I was like that that year and a half ago honestly that is the inspiration for so many things it was wow we don't have that in racing we don't know the human stories I want to tell driver stories and it's like that the one was, that I did with you well, wow you had was, me crying so you can yeah, cry go yeah. ahead so that was part <laughs> of when I decided. Right. To take go from iPhones to shooting on iPhones, and I went from a four to a five to a six to an eight, and yes. and I had all the, I had iPhones over the course of time, and that was fine with me. It had good enough for what I needed, but I wanted to tell stories like that. Yeah, but like from the drivers, and to get people to know who the real drive, like who was the person behind this. It's not just a car. Right. I mean, stop marketing cars. We don't, you know that. It's not it. It's about the people behind it and their stories and how they got there. Now, it took me a lot, much, much longer to get there. And so I started buying equipment in, I guess, in 2017. And I actually bought the wrong camera. So it was actually in 2018 that I bought a new camera. Right. And, and then I was going to try to go to shops and all that. And that just doesn't, it just didn't fit my model of, like, I have to work, you know. But so, in the world of video. No, but I'm waiting. And, you know, I'm telling stories. So, right. So then I decided, okay, so I'm going to tell these driver stories. and. Right. Ask them questions that are going to get to the core of who they are. And if you want to see a good one, is Benji Hicks. I think it's probably oh, yeah. the best one I've seen. And and it was able to tell the, their actual stories as people. Yeah. And then doing this thing with Holly and doing these driver stories. And I was like, you know, there are people that I do business with um, that won't get on a camera. And also video. Video is... You know, it needs to be three minutes to 10 minutes. Like, it doesn't need to be longer than 10 minutes. Anything longer than that is just too long. But I saw that not only are there drivers that have stories, but there are all of these companies. I mean, nobody is in the motorsports business without having their own racing story with how they got there. You know, mine is courses, hearing that racing engine start up and like, honey, I'm home. And, and it's just been on ever since then. Right. But I was like, wow, there's this whole other population of people in our industry that they don't get to tell their stories. That's right. And then I thought, well, and then this is longer form. It's the people that don't get on video. But you know what? Now I've learned video. I know video, but I don't know audio. And if I want to do audio, I need to go to the person that I know that is the expert 
in my world that knows audio, and that's you, of course, Wesley. I appreciate that. So I went to you and I said, hey, let's, what do you think of this idea? And you were like, Kate, love it. And and then uh, you've taken part of that concept to do your own podcast, and it's going to be different. Yes. But... But you inspired, inspired me. Yeah, an inspiration. Yeah, you inspired me, and it was, you know, it was just perfect timing. Yeah, you it know, was. And I believe that sometimes things just gel, and they just fall into place, and you don't want to call it fate, or you don't, you don't want to call it that, but it's just like, well, she's doing it. You know, wow, why don't we, what, what if we go about this the, you know, mm-hmm. the different way? And the thing is, is you've done video for so long, and we live in a video market. Yeah. We live well, in a oh, you want, to, you want a stat? You what want made a stat? you want to go back to audio? What made it want to be oh, the podcast? Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Absolutely. Um, so, but throw the stat out real quick. I will. Um, the stat is now that 80% of the internet will be video by 2019 or 2020. Right. It's insane. 80%. But, you know, I've already shot, I don't know, But what made you want to go back to audio? Well, audio, there's something that's just incredibly powerful about audio. One is the fact that we are we are limited. I mean, of course, we can make video however long we wanted to do it. But to be effective, yes. it needs to be short, sweet, to the point, over. And you're in, you're out, and it's over. Yes. But uh, some stories, like the, the that audio can go places that video can't. We're 90 minutes into, and, into your story. And, yes. And number one is that, well, number one, I would love to travel and see all these people in person. But they, that right. is not my reality. I get to see them once at PRI a year for yes. a lot of these people. But you're but, so busy. Right. But we, there's no reason why we can't get on a phone call That's right. and have a phone call and be able to have that conversation. And it's just, it's conversations we already have. It just goes a little bit deeper and it is shared in a different way. So it's just recorded. It's conversations we're already having. And so it's audio is going to go where video drops off is where audio is going to pick up. It's much longer format. And some of these podcasts. And you got a lot of love for podcasting. Well, I do. Like I mean, you just don't listen to racing podcasts. You listen to oh, life goals and entrepreneurs. and Absolutely. You know, they, they've inspired interior me. Interior decorating. I don't do interiors <laughs> anymore. But, that was a joke. But, it was a but, joke. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some great podcasters out there. And I've learned so much from them. Yes. And and then I then I reached out to my Crate Insider audience and I said, Hey, how many of you guys actually listen to podcasts? You know, is there an audience there? And the response was sixty five percent. Sixty five percent of the people who voted said that they listen to podcasts. And your and your business partner partners, marketing partners, people you promote with their products, they were like, Wow, this is I've yeah, I've presented this, this great. I presented this idea and I I've talked to people before PRI, I talked to them at PRI and they're yes. like, Kate. Amazing idea. Love to be on board with Because you. there's a method to your madness in everything you do. Like my mom always said, you're the same way. You you just don't kind of throw it out there. But when you say, I'm going to go, we're going to do this. We're um, going to make it happen. Well, that's actually the difference. You want to know yeah. my, my nickname is um, The Executioner. The, oh, wow. Woo. Now, I know, know in radio you were called the Raven. I know, so. but I was like, that was just an amateur. <laughs> this shit don't count. It's college nah, radio. It's, it's amateur. <laughs> but no, um, you know why my, my, my nickname is The Executioner? Because other people talk about ideas. I yeah. execute. I make things happen. I start doing – I don't wait till I know everything every, Everything there is to know about something. If I have an idea and I feel like it's powerful enough, I, I love that analogy of oh, what a true entrepreneur is someone who will jump off a cliff and they'll figure out how to build the plane on the way down. That's how I – that's <laughs> how I operate. Absolutely. That is how I operate. If it's a good enough idea, I jump first and I – Everything, everything in technology. Fails, I'll grab a safety net. No, everything else around me, I I can figure it out. Right. 
and I proved that. I mean, what really proof, you know, you can have these bad things happen that turn out to be positives, like the web guy yeah. who ditched me halfway through the project. I could have given up. Yeah. But at that time, I was like, it was really the, you know, no. I mean, nobody tells me I can't do something. I'm just going to freaking do it. Right. Can't be that hard. Oh, my, my famous last words are, it can't be that hard. <laughs> So with that being said, I guess we can probably wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, so bottom line, where do you – my final question to sure. you is this. Where do you see all of these successes? Crate Insider, Ecom Coach, Winning Motorsports Marketing, Racing Insiders. Where do you see it from your closing thoughts of where it was back then to where it's now and where you want to see this in a decade, 2028? Gosh, I, I don't if really... We, if we reconvene 10 years from now and done another update of, of, of the life of Kate Dillon and, and where CrateInsider.com and all the successes are, where would you see what would be? In all honesty, I I think Crate Insider will outgrow me at some point. It will outgrow me and it will need a larger company with more assets and more a larger team to be able to do it properly. Right. I think it will outgrow my abilities. And, and at that point, then, you know, that'll be a transition at some point. Would you cash in and step away or would you want to sell it but still try to have some type of a threshold of well, where think, you see the direction would, heading with well, it? Well, I mean, I think I'd be a founder. I think I would, I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can flip a switch and be, I think people would be like, where the hell is Kate? I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I mean, but but I can see where something would transition and, right. you know, I can see that over the course of time. And, and I could be wrong in that, but, you know, and just the reality is, you know, there are larger companies that, that have, you know, these large teams already in place and then, and then they see that there's this company that, you know, they could take to a whole nother level beyond of what, you know, what I could do, then, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I mean, whether that's a success or a defeat, it's hard to say. It's, yes. it's a, probably a success, but, you know, and then at that point, it's not like I'm not going to have any other ideas. I can't possibly tell you what ideas I'm going to have in the next 10 years and what are the projects that are going to come up. I have zero idea on that. Um, no idea where I'll end up. What I say is that I do follow the path in front of me. And if there are new ideas that are exciting and that I feel are worthwhile, then I just, I just jump on them. I just start doing. So a year from now, I can't even tell you what, what new things I'll be doing. Motivational speaker. What, what could you say to somebody that might be listening to this podcast that's on the limb or or on the the the, the 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 edge the ledge the cliff of maybe wanting to quit stop doubting their self in successes of what they want to do become become a motivational speaker what would be the words you could say to them well i i'll actually use the words of one of the first motivational speakers i've actually had a lot of time spent with motivational speakers as well and one of those and that's something me and you have in common yeah like one we of know those quotes. one of those was incredibly inspiring and this is words i live by and you've probably just heard in the story um just all of my story, it really comes down to this core principle. And it was something that Zig Ziglar said, and it was famously Zig Ziglar. He says, you, and I almost have to, I can't do the whole Zig impression, but I have to talk to him like him, like, like if you're doing a Shatner impression, you know, but it's, um, you can have everything in life that you want, as long as you can help enough other people get what they want. I love that. And that's the truth. So look at it. Look yeah. at look at my business and look at my life. I'm going to retweet at that. what I and what I do <laughs> is that I can have everything and I and I want in life 
as long as I can help other people get what they want. Definitely. And what do manufacturers want to sell products? What do racers want the fastest products to help them win races? I, if I can just focus my efforts, not on what I want to take, but what I can give, then the, the taking, it, there's no taking. Definitely. It's a win, 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 and everybody wins. Those are the situations that I try to orchestrate and create where everybody wins. Obviously, I have a monetization strategy. I'm not, I am not altruistic by any means. But if I can, if I can help enough other people along the way, then I will be set up no problem at all. And I live by that. And gratitude, I really cannot tell you enough. My, my, I end almost every email with thank you. Um, and the gratitude has probably been that, seriously, gratitude is my superpower. I am grateful for every single opportunity Absolutely. along the way. And I let people know how grateful I am. Thank you is I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you how many times I say it in a day. Yeah. So Humble. don't ever think for a second that I am not grateful for every single thing. I am grateful for even the bad things that led me to positive yeah. things. Absolutely. I don't dwell. I don't have time to sit around and whine. I mean, it's just a story. It is what it is. It is what happened. But I'm not going to sit around and whine and cry. Right. I'm just going to make shit happen. And I'm going to be grateful for the opportunity Absolutely. that it led me to be able to be successful in what I do. Definitely. Definitely. Kate Dillon. Founder of CrateInsider.com, EcomCoach.com, Winning Motorsports Marketing with Holly, and of course now the Racing Insiders Podcast. Kate Dillon, it's such a pleasure for you letting me step out of, you know, behind the scenes and doing what I always do, and a pleasure to to do this this podcast interview with you, your life, and and, and so much more info of the life of Kate Dillon. I have now. I love you. I respect you as a colleague, a friend, and. Uh, Love your, you too, Wesley. It's great. Thank you. It's great. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Race and Insiders podcast segment number two in the books. You've been listening to the Racing Insiders podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Check out the show notes and past episodes at www.racinginsiderspodcast.com. Again, that's www.racinginsiderspodcast.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. This episode of the Racing Insiders podcast is an exclusive production solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or retransmission without the express written consent or permission of Kate Dillon and Wesley Outland is restricted and prohibited. <laughs>